Good morning, people of God. Here we are another day. Today, the bell is already rung. It's September the 9th. The time is 10.37 a.m. The day is going so fast. The days are going so fast. And so I pray that all is well with all of you as we are receiving a little shower of blessing. The rains are coming down this morning. Thank God for that. And thank God for hearing because we can hear the rain. And so it's time to come to school, the school of the Holy Spirit. And I have a prophetic songs. I also have the word of God for us this morning again. And so here we go. I had something special happen to me last night that it has happened before, but I really never took note of the scripture, scriptural, but I have it this morning. It's so special. So the songs that I have this morning is Whisper a prayer in the morning, whisper a prayer at noon, whisper a prayer in the evening, so keep your heart in tune. God answers prayer in the morning, God answers prayer at noon, God answers prayer in the evening, so keep your heart in tune. Jesus may come in the morning, Jesus may come at noon, Jesus may come in the evening, so keep your heart in tune. And so we never know when he will come, but let us keep our hearts in tune. There's a garden where Jesus is waiting. There's a place that is wondrously fair. Just a touch from his lips, words of comfort in the beautiful garden of prayer. Oh, the beautiful garden, the garden of prayer. Oh, the beautiful garden of prayer. There my Savior awaits and he opens the gate to the beautiful garden of prayer. There is a garden. That's God's garden. That's the garden of prayer. He's listening and he's waiting for us to come into the garden of prayer. There's a place that is wondrously fair. 
just a touch from his sweet lips of comfort in the beautiful garden of prayer. Oh, the beautiful garden, the garden of prayer. Oh, the beautiful garden of prayer. There my Savior awaits and he opens the gate to the beautiful garden of prayer. So Father, in the name of Jesus, as we come to you this morning, you're teaching us about prayer and the power of prayer. Father, anoint my lips, anoint my spiritual ears to hear you this morning. And may I decrease as your Holy Spirit increases in me in the name of Jesus. Because without you, I can do nothing. You're my everything. So have your way this morning. And the message this morning, the teaching this morning, is the power of prayer. The power <clears throat> of prayer. And something special happened to me last night, but it wasn't until this morning I really, really got the revelation. I've had spiritual sons and daughters pass away. And uh, most of the time I would hear them say, please watch over my children. But this last one that passed away, it was just special. And three times I heard her say, Sister Shirley, please watch over my boys. But it wasn't until last night when I spoke with one of the boys and he said to me, Sister Shirley, You've always been our spiritual mother. But please, I want you to be my mother and my spiritual mother. You hear what I say? I want you to be our mother. So, man, that, 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 that was very touching. Because how could you stand as a mother? The only way you could stand as a mother is a deeper revelation. But the qualities of the mother must be in you. And there are times some of us was never mothered, never received the mother's love from a mother. And I'm pouring out this morning because I'm one of those who never received a mother's love. But looking back, I realized that God was letting me know when your mother and father forsake you, the Lord will take you up. So therefore, because I never received a mother's love when I all my life, my, my Jesus was my mother and my father. And that's why I loved him so much as a little girl and still love him even more.
And I didn't know that he was preparing me and anointing me to be this mother of Zion for so many others who needed a mother, a godly mother. And so, so, so there's a scripture that says, who have begotten me these after I've lost the other? So right now, I've got a whole lot of spiritual children that God has given me because I've lost mine. But I know one day God is going to bring them in. All prodigal sons and daughters will come in. And I have that assurance. In the meantime, this morning, I thought about what my spiritual son said last night. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit began to minister to me. He said, remember when Jesus was on the cross? And then he said, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, yes. And he said, now there stood by the cross of Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus, therefore, saw his mother, and the disciples standing by, whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then said he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. And this is found in John chapter 19, verse 26 to 27. So here it was, Jesus was about to die, but he left his mother in the hand of the disciple that he loved. And so here it is, my spiritual daughter was about to die. And three days before, I heard her in the spiritual realm saying, Sister Shirley, watch over my sons three times, three different days. And here it is, the son is saying, I want you to be my mother. And so therefore, I pray that some of you who are listening to this message, I pray that you will get to that realm in the spirit where you can be that mother to many. And I just had to just pour that out this morning because we need to be there for others. We need to have that love inside of us that we can love even though we did not physically bring forth the birth. But spiritually, there's a lot of children that we will bring forth, but you have to get to that realm in him to be able to birth spiritual children. And so let us continue to grow in Christ and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so the message this morning is the power of prayer. Power belongs to God. We're still in our scripture, Psalm 62, and 11 says, says, 
God had spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. And you know, I'm reflecting now, we have to be our neighbor's keeper. We have to watch over one another. I'm on this phone sending out this message and my other phone rings and my neighbor across the street who watches over me every day calls because she didn't see me come outside yesterday so she's checking on me let us check on one another let us love one another let us seek out one another let us pray for one another the songwriter said i need the prayers of those i love while traveling each and every day that i may true and faithful be and live for jesus every day i want my friends to pray for me to bear my tempted soul above and intercede to god for me i need the prayers of those i love we all need one another and so we've already read our scripture power belongs to god but all that belongs to god we can have for the asking god holds out his full hands and says in matthew 7 verse 7 and 11 and i read ask and it will be given to you if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him the poverty and powerlessness of the average christian find their explanation in the words of the apostle james james chapter 4 verse 2 declares you do not have because you do not ask and so because you do not ask you do not have why is it a christian may ask that I make such poor progress in my Christian life, neglect of prayer, God answers. You do not have because you do not ask. A Christian asks, why is it there is so little fruit in my ministry? Many discouraged ministers ask, God answers, neglect of prayer. You do not have because you do not ask. The ministers ask, why is it? Both ministers and laymen ask that there is so little power in my life and service. God answers, neglect of prayer. You do not have because you do not ask. God has provided a life of power for every child of his. He has put his own infinite power at our disposal and has proclaimed over and over in a great variety of ways in his word ask and it will be given to you Matthew chapter 7 verse 7 thousands upon thousands 
have taken God at his word in this matter, and they have always found it true. The first Christians were men and women of tremendous power. For example, what power Peter and John had in their lives, what power they had in their work, there was opposition in those days as there's opposition in these days most determined bitter and relentless opposition that in comparison would make any that was that we might encounter appear like child's play but the work went right on still being persecuted but you're still going on with the work we constantly read such statements as these. The Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Acts chapter 2 and verse 47. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. Acts chapter 4 and verse 4. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord multitudes of both men and women. Acts chapter 5 and verse 14. The apostles themselves explained the secret of their irresistible power when they said, We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word, Acts chapter 6 verse 4. But it was not only the leaders of that early church who had power in life and service. So did the rank and file. What a beautiful picture we have of their abounding love and fruitfulness. And so I want you to take some time to read Acts chapter 2, verse 44 to 7. I'm going to read it for you. Acts chapter 2, verse 44 to 47 says, And all that believed were together, and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had needed. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. The secret of this fullness of power in life and service is found in Acts chapter 2 verse 42 which declares Acts 2 and 42 declares and they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers God delights to answer prayer he said in his word in Psalm 50 verse 15 And I will read that. Call upon me in the day of trouble, he cries. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. There is a place where strength can always be renewed. That place is the presence of the Lord. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint at Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31. How little time the average Christian spends in prayer. We are too busy to pray. And that's the tool of the devil. 
we are too busy to pray. And so we are too busy to have power. We have a great deal of activity, working, working, doing this, doing that, but we accomplish little. There are many services in the morning, in the evening, maybe in the noon. There are many services, but few conversions. The power of God is lacking in our lives and in our work. We do not have because we do not ask. James chapter 4 verse 2. Many Christians confess that they do not believe in the power of prayer. Some go so far as to contemptuously contrast the prayers with the doers. I will repeat that. The prayers with the doers. They're forgetting that in the history of the church, the real doers have been prayers without exemption, without exception. Those who have made the church's history glorious have been people of prayer. Prayer. Not just prayer meeting, just, just not just you go into prayer meeting, but you need to go together and pray and not pray amiss. Be on one accord in what you are praying for. Of those who do believe theoretically in the power of prayer, not one in a thousand realizes its power. How much time does the average Christian spend daily in prayer? How much time do you spend daily in prayer? Like I said, it's the devil. He had a master stroke to get the church and the ministry to lay aside the mighty weapon of prayer. He does not mind at all if the church expands the organizations and a and, and, and her deftly contrived machinery for the conquest of the world for Christ if she will only give a praying. He laughs as he looks at the church of the day and says under his breath, you can have your Sunday schools, your social organizations, your grand choirs, and even your revival efforts as long as you do not bring the power of Almighty God into them by earnest, persistent, and believing prayer. The devil is not afraid of organizations. He's only afraid of God. And organizations without prayer are organizations without God. You can't leave God out. You can't leave prayer out. Our day is categorized by the increase of man's machinery and the decrease of God's power sought and obtained by prayer. But when men and women arise who believe in prayer and who pray in the way the Bible teaches us to pray, prayer accomplishes as much as it ever did. Today's prayer can do as much as the early church's prayer, but you have to pray. All the infinite resources of God 
a at a it's our command we just have to pray prayer can do anything god can do for the arm of god responds to its touch prayer is the key that opens the inexhaustible storehouses of divine grace and power he says in matthew 7 7 ask and it will be given you he cries our father cries and says i want you to ask he swings the doors of his treasure house wide open but the only limit to what prayer can do is what god can do but all things are possible with god therefore prayer is omnipotent Christian history and Christian biography demonstrates the truth of what the Word of God teaches about prayer. All through the history of the church, men and women have arisen in all ranks of life who believe with simple, childlike faith what the Bible teaches about prayer. They have asked and they have received. I pray. And when I pray, I wait. And days later, sometime the same day, the answer comes. But what are some of the definite things that prayer has the power to do? Prayer has the power to bring us a true knowledge of ourselves and our needs. One time I was on my knees praying. And as I was praying, all of a sudden, I got convicted. And the conviction came that you need to forgive Mr. So-and-so. And I said, what? Because my prayer was, Father, if there's anything in my heart that is not your, that is evil, show it to me. So, I was convicted. And he showed me Mr. So-and-so. And he showed me Mr. So-and-so. And he showed me, he said, you have to forgive them. They did you wrong, but you have to give them. So, prayer has the power to bring us a true knowledge of ourselves and our needs. And I quickly forgave them, wrote down their names and forgave them, found them and told them. Nothing is more necessary than for us to know ourselves, our weaknesses, our sinfulness, our selfishness, how that in us, that is to say in our flesh, nothing good dwells. Romans chapter 7 verse 18 says that. Lives of power have usually begun with a revelation of the utter powerlessness and worthlessness of ourselves, So it was with Isaiah. The scripture says in Isaiah 6 and 5, in the year that King Uzziah died, he was brought face to face with God. He saw himself and he cried out, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. Then a life of power began for Isaiah as God sent him forth to a mighty work. So it was with Moses. He met God at the burning bush where he was emptied of his former self-confidence and saw his utter unfitness for the Lord's work. Then the Lord sent him to Pharaoh as a mighty man of power. 
Let's read Exodus chapter 3, verse 2 and 5. Exodus chapter 2. Thank you, Jesus. Exodus chapter 2, I said. No, it's Exodus chapter 3, verse 2. It says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Now that's a strange sight. Verse 5 says, And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. And verse 11, it says, And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And so, compare with his former self-confidence. Exodus chapter 2, verse 12 to 15. Exodus 2, 12 to 15. It says, And he looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together, and he said to him that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me, as thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses, but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. And so it was with Job. It was after Job met God and cried concerning himself. Job chapter 42 verse 6 says, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes, that the Lord released him from captivity, giving him power to intercede for his friends and to bear abundant fruit. If we are to have fullness of power, it is necessary that we see ourselves as we are by nature in the flesh. This is accomplished through prayer. If you sincerely pray the psalmist's prayer, in Psalm 139, verse 23, the word declares, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. If you pray that, he will do it. But to pray this prayer just once is not enough. It needs to be repeated daily. Then we will come to see ourselves as God sees us. There will be a consequent em emptying, emptying of self, making room for the incoming of the power of God. Prayer also cleanses us from sin. Prayer has the power to cleanse our hearts from sin. As I said, when I knelt down and I, I was going to pray, 
And next thing I know, I'm asking God to search me. And he could show me all that was going on inside of me. Sin, evil. From secret sins and from known sins. Psalm 19, verse 12 to 13. And I will read that. Psalm 19. Verse 12 to 13 says, Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgressions, that's David. David was always repenting. In answer to David's prayer after his disastrous fall, God washed him thoroughly from his iniquity and cleansed him from his sin. You know, Psalm, Psalm, Psalm 51, um, David was crying out to the Lord. Um, David was crying out to the Lord, asking God to cleanse him. I'll read that. Psalm 51, it says, David says, I'll read verse 1 and 2. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. David acknowledged it. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. You could imagine me on that, that night when all of a sudden he showed me that I felt like so wicked, okay? But God forgave me. Many have fought for days, months, and years against sins that have been marring their lives and sapping their spiritual power. David finally went to God in prayer, persisting in that prayer until God blessed him and he emerged a victor from the place of prayer. Let us do that. We don't have to be, we don't have to be just bogged down with that. Let's go to God and just empty. In this way, since that seem unconquerable have been laid in the dust. In this way, sins unknown to the sinner, which have robbed him of power have been discovered in all their real hideousness and rooted out. Of course, as seen in the previous, in the previous, what I was telling you about, it is the Holy Spirit who sets us, who sets us free from sin. As I was telling you on my knees, I didn't know that was all in me. It is the Holy Spirit who sets us free from sin's power. But the Holy Spirit works in our lives in answer to our prayers. Luke chapter 12 verse 13 declares, Luke chapter 12 verse 13 declares, And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And so, the Holy Spirit 
works in our lives in answer to our prayers. Luke chapter 11, verse 13. I read the wrong chapter. Luke chapter 11, verse 13 says, If ye then, being evil, know how to good to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? I'll repeat that. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? All you have to do is ask. Prayer has power to hold us up in our goings and give us victory over temptation. David said in Psalm 17 verse 5, Uphold my steps in your paths, that my footsteps may not slip. David cried unto the Lord. That is a prayer God is always ready to hear. In his last hours, Jesus himself said to his disciples, Pray that ye may not enter into temptation. That's Luke chapter 22, verse 40. Luke chapter 22, and verse 40 says, And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. That's in the Lord's Prayer. Lead us not into temptation. But the disciples did not heed the warning. They slept when they should have prayed. And when the temptation came in a few hours, they failed utterly. But Jesus himself spent that night in prayer. And the next day, when the fiercest temptation that ever attacked a man swept down on him, he gloriously triumphed. Why? Because he prayed. We can be victorious over every temptation if we will prepare for it and meet it with prayer. Many of us are led into, into defeat and denial of our Lord as Peter was by sleeping when we should have been praying. I want to say that again. Many of us are led into defeat and denial of our Lord, as Peter was, by sleeping when we should have been praying. Prayer has the power to govern our tongues. Many Christians who have desired fullness of power in Christian life and service have found themselves kept from it by unruly tongues. And you know, sometimes you say you're not going to say it, and all of a sudden, whoop, it comes out of your mouth. They have learned by bitter experiences the truth of the words of James. James chapter 3 verse 8 says, No man can tame the tongue. But while no man can tame it, God can and will in answer to believing prayer. We have to pray and ask him to tame it. If one will earnestly pray in faith with David, David says in Psalm 41, verse 3, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. If someone sewed your mouth and your lips up, 
you can't talk. So let's pray and ask God to set a guard, O oh Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. That means the lips have a door. Keep it, watch it. So you could watch to see what I'm going to say. Help me, Lord. Many unruly tongues have been brought into subjection through this prayer. Tongues that were as sharp as a sword have learned to speak words of gentleness and grace. True prayer can tame the unruliest tongue by which man or woman was ever cursed because true prayer brings into play the power of him, that is God, with whom nothing is impossible. Luke chapter 1 verse 37 declares, Luke chapter 1 and verse 37 declares, For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Absolutely nothing. Nothing is too difficult for him. Prayer has a power to bring us wisdom. The word of God is very explicit on this point. Let's go to James chapter 1, verse 5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. No promise could be more explicit than that. We can have wisdom, the wisdom of God himself, whenever we ask for it. God does not intend for his children to grope in darkness. He puts his own infinite wisdom at our disposal. Disposal. All he desires is that we ask, but we must ask in faith. Many of us are stumbling in our own foolishness instead of walking in his wisdom, simply because we do not ask. We can all have the joy of knowing and walking in God's way. It is his great desire to make it known to us. All we have to do is ask. Psalm 25 verse 4 declares. Psalm 25 verse 4 declares. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. And Psalm 86 11 says. Psalm 86 and verse 11 says, Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. And Psalm 119 verse 18 says, Psalm 119 is a very long psalm. Verse 18 declares, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Prayer has the power to open our eyes to behold wondrous things out of God's word. It is wonderful how the Bible opens up to someone who looks to God in earnest, believing prayer to interpret it for him. Difficulties vanish. 
obscure passages become clear as day and all familiar portions becomes luminous with new meaning living with new power prayer will do more than a theological education to make the bible an open book only people of prayer can understand the bible let me say that again only people of prayer can understand the bible because the holy spirit gives you the understanding prayer has the power to bring the holy spirit in all his blessed power and manifold works into our hearts and lives jesus said in luke chapter 11 verse 13 if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father give you the holy spirit to those who ask him it was after the first disciples had continued with one accord and prayer and supplication in acts chapter 1 verse 14 they were all filled with the holy spirit and in acts chapter 2 verse 4 when they had prayed the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the holy spirit when peter and john came down to samaria and found a company of young converts who had not yet experienced the fullness of the holy spirit's power they prayed in acts chapter 8 verse 15 and 17 they prayed for them that they might receive the holy spirit then they laid hands on them and they received the holy spirit it was in answer to prayer that paul expected the saints in ephesus to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that's ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 and that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him prayer brings the fullness of the spirit's power into our hearts and lives one great reason why so many of us have so little of the holy spirit's power in our lives and service is that we spend so little time and thought in prayer we do not have because we do not ask james chapter 4 declares every precious spiritual blessing in our lives is given by our heavenly father in answer to true prayer prayer promotes our spiritual growth and our likeness to christ as almost nothing else can the more time we spend in real true prayer the more we will grow in likeness to our master you could set your day and you could decide okay i'm gonna take this hour or even 45 minutes in prayer to god you can put it on your calendar but prayer but prayer has more to offer than the power to mold us spiritually into the likeness of christ i had a vision the other night where i saw a mirror in the front of me now i have a standalone mirror and there's time that mirror could get dusty because you have to clean the dust of it but i had a dream and a mirror was standing in the front of me and that was the clearest mirror i had ever seen and then the scripture came to me now i see through a glass darkly 
So God needs to, prayer will take the cobweb off our eyes and let us see clearly. In prayer, we gaze into the face of God and beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. We are transformed into the same image from glory to glory. That's, that, that scripture is found in 2 Corinthians 3 and 18. It also has the power to bring the fullness of God's power into our work. When the apostolic church saw themselves confronted by obstacles that they could not surmount, they raised their voice to God with one accord. And when they had prayed, the power came that swept away all obstacles. The songwriter says, I can see clearly now the rain has gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. Gone are the dark cloud that had me blind. It's going to be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. All obstacles will be swept away. When they had prayed, the power came that swept away all obstacles. Do you desire the prayer and the power of God in your personal life? Do you desire to pray and ask God, God, teach me how to pray? Do you desire the power of God in your personal work, in your preaching, or in the training of your children? Pray it. Hold on to God until you get it. Hold on until you get it. Men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Luke chapter 18 verse 1 says that. And so, we can all have power in our work if we will only believe God's promise regarding prayer. Go to him often with a holy boldness that knows he deserves to answer you. You don't have to worry. You can go to him 24 hours a day. The man of prayer can have power in his own life and service as well as power in the life and service of others. Prayer has the power to bring salvation to others. If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. 1 John 5 and 16 declares, Prayer succeeds in attaining the salvation of others where every other effort fails. There is little doubt that Saul of Tarsus, the most dangerous human enemy the church ever had, became Paul the Apostle in answer to prayer. There have been countless instances where men and women, seemingly beyond all hope, have been converted in quite direct and unmistakable answer to prayer. One of the church's greatest needs is to persevere in calling on God until he visits her again with a mighty outpouring of his spirit. We need that today. In past times, there have been great revivals with very little preaching or human effort. But there has been a great and true revival without there has never 
been a great and true revival without abundant prayer. Many modern so-called revivals are man's self-effort. Genuine revivals are brought down in prayer. Prayer will bring wisdom and power to ministers of the gospel. I repeat that. Prayer will bring wisdom and power to ministers of the gospel. You know, maybe what you should do, ministers, whoever's on this line, one Sunday, because Sunday everybody comes to church, but don't let them know you're coming to prayer meeting. So the church will be filled with people and lock the doors because the bathrooms is inside the church. So we're going to say we are all going down in the prayer and this is what we are going to pray about. Write it on a leaflet so everyone has that leaflet. You know this is what we're going to pray about on one accord. That's how you trap them into prayer. Because when you call prayer meeting, a handful, maybe five. Okay, and maybe those five that are at prayer meeting, they still are not one on one accord. So you pray and ask the Lord to bring you on one accord and write down what you're all gonna pray about. That's one accord. Prayer will bring wisdom and power to ministers of the gospel. Paul was a tremendous preacher and worker, but he so deeply felt the need of the prayers of God's people that he asked for them from every church to which he wrote, except for one, that is the backslidden church in Galatia. He didn't ask them. It has been demonstrated again and again that prayer can transform a poor preacher into a good one. If you're not satisfied with your pastor, pray for him. We are all to pray for pastors. It's not easy for a pastor to look after the sheep. That's not an easy task. Let us pray for the pastors because a lot of them are being taken by the devil. A lot of them are burnt out. We need to pray for them to get them on that narrow road and pray for grace to come upon them so that they won't give up. Keep on praying for him. Pray for your pastor. Keep on praying for him. Uh -huh. And you will soon have a better minister. If you think your present minister is a good one, you can make him even better with more prayer. Little do many Christians realize how much they can influence the powerful or powerless preaching their pastor gives them by their prayer or by their neglect of prayer. The power of prayer reaches across the sea and around the earth. I know that because there are many times I'm praying for people who I don't even know. There's somewhere in the world as intercession, you're praying. And the Spirit knows who you're praying for. We can contribute, contribute to the conversion of the heathen and the evangelization of the world by our prayers. The prayers of believers in America 
have brought down the power of the spirit of in India and China. We live in the Bahamas. Let us pray for our Bahama land. It's important. We need to pray, pray that our people turn back to God. Surrender to God. We need love in this nation, true love in this nation among our people. We need to fix our words that we speak negative against this Bahama land. Let us speak life-giving words to our nation. That's the right words to speak, life-giving words. Although more men and more money could certainly be used for mission work, its greatest need in prayer. Although men, more men and more money People always say, oh, we need money to go this, do this money. No, no. Although more men are needed to go in the mission field, and you would think more money could certainly be used for mission work. No, no. Its greatest need is prayer. It is a sad fact that much money given to mission work has been largely wasted simply because there has not been enough prayer behind the giving. You just give because they say, oh, I need this money to go here. I need this money to go there. It's strange, you know, when God is sending me on mission, I don't ask anybody for a dollar. If he says I have to go yonder, I wait. And then he comes back, you're going yonder. And then he comes back and gives me a vision of I'm packing to go yonder. And next thing I know, I get a call from someone, you know, I've been praying and, and I know I'm getting in my spirit that God said, I need, I need to send you a ticket to come yonder. Well, it would have been months, God was telling me, and now the time arrived. I didn't have to ask Tom Dick for nothing because except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain. So you wait on God to send you on a mission and you don't have to be begging here and begging there. It's by prayer. We have to wait on God. There is mighty power in prayer. I've already had three visions already where I'm traveling. Bags already packed. But you don't run ahead of God. You have to wait in prayer and then God comes and give you the whole vision. Though the vision tarry, wait. And so though you pray for a certain thing, you wait. You wait on the Lord. You be of good courage. David encouraged himself in the Lord while you wait. There is a mighty power in prayer. It has much to do with obtaining fullness of power in Christian life and service. Whoever will not take time for prayer may as well give up all hope of obtaining the fullness of power God has for him. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 and I'll read that. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. 
Waiting on God means something more than spending a few minutes at the beginning and close of each day running through some memorized form of request. Wait on the Lord. True prayer takes time and thought, but ultimately it is the great time saver. No matter what the time or the place, if we are to know fullness of power, we must be men and women of prayer. What I said, no matter what the time or place, you could pray anywhere. You could pray in your bathroom. You could pray under a tree. You could pray in a lion's den. You could pray in the fiery furnace. Doesn't matter the place. Doesn't matter the time. But if we are to know the fullness of prayer, we must be men and women of prayer. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your presence. And we thank you for your word. There is power in prayer. God answers prayer in the morning. God answers prayer at noon. God answers prayer in the evening. So keep your heart in tune. But we must whisper the prayer. Whisper a prayer in the morning. Whisper a prayer at noon. Whisper a prayer in the evening. So keep your heart in tune because Jesus may come. Jesus may come in the morning. Jesus may come at noon. Jesus may come in the evening. So keep your heart in tune. Ask in prayer. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. God bless you. May his grace and mercy cover you. May you be safe today. I love you. I love you. And remember the power of prayer. Prayer is where the power is. Have a blessed day. And until then, my heart will go on singing. Until then, with joy I'll carry on. Until the day my eyes behold the city. Until the day God calls me home. Let us keep on praying, singing, praising, worshiping, and staying in the word of God. There is power in prayer. Have a blessed day and I love you.